and welcome to DEI Advisors. I'm Lan Elliott with DEI Advisors, and I'm thrilled to welcome Amanda Height today. Amanda is president of STR, which is the leading provider of key data and analytics for the global hospitality industry. The numbers are mind-boggling, actually. 73,000 participating hotels, which means 9.6 million rooms across 180 countries. And in the time that I've been in the industry, STR has completely transformed how the hospitality does business. And I'm really thrilled to talk to Amanda about her journey. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Amanda... STR was actually your second job out of college, and you've been there for over 15 years, but you rose to president of STR within five quick years of joining the company. Can you share your journey and the factors that you feel contributed to your success? Yes, I think it's a fun story that I haven't shared broadly, but I started at STR without a job. I was introduced to STR by a mutual friend, someone that was a client of STRs introduced me to Randy and Mark Lomano, who were, who was the president at the time. It was the end of 2005. The industry was doing really well. STR was doing well and growing. And they said, we don't know what you're going to do for us, but we need really smart people and we'd love for you to come work for us. So I actually took the job. I got an offer and said, yes, I will come work for you, but wasn't sure what I would be doing, which is a little scary. And looking back in the moment, I it wasn't scary. It felt right. I had the instinct that it was the right people. The company was growing, had a real growth mindset from Randy, long-term vision. And the people were just, it felt right. It was felt like a good fit. So that was what was most important to me. And I was like, if I don't like it, I can go get another job. But obviously it worked out (laughs) okay for me. I think part of it was helpful in some ways that I did not have a specific role to step into because I knew nothing about the industry. I did not come from the hotel industry. So I got to spend the first couple of months really learning about the industry and then about STR and the business of STR. So that was really where I learned things was I would go in, sit down with teams at STR, hear what they were working on. I would shadow people and learn how to do their jobs within different teams in the business. And the real focus that I had, because I am a naturally curious person, was understanding why they were doing the things that they were doing. So it wasn't so much about learning how to do something, but why were they doing it? And so what ended up happening was... I had a very clear understanding of the vision that Randy and Mark had for the business at the time, just in all of the interviews that I had gone through with them. And there were things that I would uncover and and learn about through learning about each team that I would come back and make recommendations to say, hey, I think we need to change this process or I think we need to restructure this team. So it eventually turned into Amanda taking over different teams within the business and being able to implement some ideas that I had. And I think the key from that I try to share with people is the reason why it happened so quickly for me is because I was really focused on the business and what were the business needs and making sure that everything that we were doing was helping execute the strategy that we had in place. I wasn't so focused on what's my next title going to be, what's the next job or promotion for me. It was really about meeting the needs of the business. And I think that's something that everyone should be thinking about as you advance your career. You need to think about your strengths 
and what are the business needs and how can you apply your strengths to help pursue the opportunities for the business? And that was really, Randy always says that I was the one that stuck my hand up or stepped forward and took on the things that no one knew how to do. And it was because I had a really good, solid understanding of where he wanted to take the business. Yeah, I encounter a lot of young people who are looking to move up and they really are interested in their next title. And it's always a step back to say, what are the skills you need for the next type for the next title? Let's think about yeah. that and how can we develop that. And so it sounds like you got that in your career by by managing a lot of different departments and just thinking about how to grow the business and how to continue to improve it. So Yes. In some ways, there was no plan. I had no next title. I never thought I would be STR's president. That wasn't what I, I thought when I joined the company. But I think that focus on business needs and executing on the business strategy naturally mm-hmm. led me to the opportunities that put me forth for promotions and the next title. That's great. That's great. Great story. Amanda, when I started in, S- in in the business in the early 90s, I was a feasibility consultant and we would go out and do studies and we needed occupancy and ADR data. And back in those days, the ancient days, we would actually go and interview general managers. And that was the only way you got information and you had to decide if they were lying to you or not. But, but you were out there collecting informa- information because the aggregated data that are, was collecting, it was still coming up and it wasn't in every market. But of course, now fast forward, and you all are able to, to daily business decisions that people make in the hospitality industry. And I think that's why in the midst of the pandemic, when I think back about those early days, and nobody knew what was happening or what to do, because no one had been through it. Even Mr. Marriott, who had been in the industry for 50 years, hadn't seen anything like it. And it was a really dark, scary time. And I remember the one thing that was felt a little bit of normalcy was that STR was putting out uh, weekly reports on what was happening in the industry. And Jan Freitag would be on the video on a webinar once a week telling us what was happening. And I'm sure that was a scary, difficult time for the team at STR as well. Can you share a little bit about what was happening behind the scenes at STR? What are the key things you focused on? How you led your team through that dark time? Yes. Yes, I would say in the moment, as it was starting to unfold, I don't think any of us realized just how scary and dark it was going to be. But as in any crisis, my leadership style in particular is the calm, not overreact. And that was the focus I brought immediately for our team was to focus internally, bring a calm and security to the STR employees We had just closed the deal to sell the business to CoStar four months before the pandemic set in. And that was the best decision that we ever made. We had the financial stability of CoStar and the support of the CoStar leadership team. So I was able to immediately, we went fully work from home. We, the first Monday did a virtual town hall with all staff at STR just to say, keep doing your job. We all know how to work from home. We've done this. We can keep going. Hopefully it's not going to last long. We created teams. We're doing daily standups as more of a check-in just to make sure you have everything you need to do your job at home and then provide that security and support to staff just from a emotional well-being standpoint, because it was a scary and traumatic time for so many. So we were, and then we were able to, from a financial perspective, we did no layoffs. We were able to provide the annual merit bonus as we always would 
because of our financial support with CoStar, we were confident that the business would remain strong, but we knew that we would have our clients would be impacted. We were able to let clients take longer to pay. So we kept a 97% retention rate of clients. So we had the financial stability in the business to keep everyone in place, which then allowed us to say a couple of weeks in, we were like, okay, let's focus on our clients. And our clients' employees were all laid off and furloughed and had gone home. And those were the people that we interact with every day. And all friends in the industry also. So we had a a real, um, just wanted to make sure that we were able to support the industry and support our colleagues and friends that work for our clients out in the industry. And that's where the webinars came from. We wanted to be the place where everyone who was without a job at home could have access to information and stay connected to the industry for whatever time it ended up being that we were all locked away at home waiting this out. We've always been committed to the industry. For STR, it's a core value for us to make sure that we're helping this industry grow and offer stability and support in whatever way that we can, in addition to obviously being a profitable business in the industry. But that was an easy way for us to provide support through the pandemic. Yeah, it's true. I think especially for people who weren't working or had been furloughed or didn't know what was going to happen to them, everyone was a bit untethered, even if you had a job. And so that really did help to give everyone a bit of stability and something that they knew and someone they knew was reliable and collecting information. Thank you for that. So one of the concepts that we've talked about on this podcast is having a personal board of directors. So I'm curious for you, how do you identify who was part of your support system when you call them and what types of things you call on them for? That's a great idea, a personal board of directors. I I probably did not think about this early enough in my career. It's one of those things you look back on. It probably would have been helpful earlier on, but there's a couple of places for me. First is an executive coach. So I have had an executive coach for over 10 years now. And um, I've been with my the coach I have now for six, seven years. And I would say, make sure it's a coach that will tell you the things you don't necessarily want to hear because I've had a couple and that's certainly the one I'm with now. It's I, he's great. And sometimes he's really hard for me to listen to because he does say the things that I need to hear that are always fun to hear. It's the stuff you need to work on. So that's been a really important part of my continued growth. Currently, we talk at least once a month, even when I think there's nothing to talk about, we make the time and it's just helps my thought process to have someone unrelated, be able to listen to me and ask me some questions to help better my thinking. The other thing for me is internally, I have some colleagues that are always the ones that I know that will give me true, honest feedback. And especially in a leadership position, I quickly realized that when your title's president, people will many times tell you what they want you to hear, or they think you want to hear, or they only want to share with you the good stuff. And you need to, I say all the time, my role as a leader is not just to hear about how great you're doing things, but how can I be a thought partner and help you solve the challenges and issues? And I need a give and take with my colleagues. And I've got a couple that I know. One is Elizabeth Winkle. She's my chief strategy officer at STR. She ran our international business for a decade out of the London office, and she's back in the U.S. now. But Elizabeth and I worked together out of college in my first 
job out of college. So I've known her personally for a long time. So we have a friendship and a working relationship and we have been very intentional about the relationship. We have a framework and how we work together and how we make each other better. And one of those is immediate, honest, engage on challenges, give feedback. And I would not be the leader I am without that relationship over the last 20 plus years. And then Nick Minard and also on my team, he runs our marketing and communications team. He's one of those that just right off the bat, we he's always been someone that's been honest and open with me. Even when he's not sure if I'm going to like what he's saying, he's still always in the beginning when we first started working together, he would still say, I need to share this with you. You might not like to hear it. And so he's one of the first ones I call today when I'm like, I need honest opinion on something. And whether it's my thinking is, am I missing something or just how did I handle this? And can you give me feedback? He's one of those that is invaluable and always telling the truth and giving his opinion. And that's so important to make sure that you've got a couple of those people. Another strategy that many people, many of the leaders at STR have used, we've all done 360 feedback over the years at different times. And you come away from those with one or two things that you are going to work on in your development. And I think the best thing to do is find a colleague that you interact with that sees you in meetings and throughout your day that you can say that you trust and you can say, Hey, I need to share this personal thing with you. I'm working on X, Y, Z. I would appreciate it if you would like hold me accountable to this and let me know when you think I'm doing a good job or if there's something, an interaction that you have where you feel like I'm not living up to what I'm trying to do in terms of my growth, let me know that also. And that's been really beneficial for lots of leaders at our, within our, Company. That's a great framework. And a leader that I, I worked with used to say that the hardest work that you'll do is on yourself. And just that self-reflection and having people around you who will call you out. And I had a great executive coach. I was lucky that my my company got me a coach. And I learned a lot through my 360. Yes. And what I liked most about her is that when she we'd come up with an action plan of something I would work on, and when I came up with it, and I presented it to her, she goes, no, that doesn't count. Try harder, (laughs) try a little more. (laughs) And for me, that was valuable, right? Because I could have just checked the box and kept going. But if I wanted to really move the needle, you had to be vulnerable and you had to really step outside of your comfort zone. So yes. And that's that's key to continuing your development in whatever level of of an organization that you're in, no matter how new or experienced you are in leadership or in in different roles. That's a really good point. We talked about support systems. How about mentors? Who would you credit as being one of your mentors who had a big impact on your career? I would say I have two. Both I worked for, although the first one was a gentleman by the name of Fred Harris. He's no longer with us, but he was the gentleman who ran economic development at the Nashville Chamber of Commerce when I started. And he had was very experienced, had been doing it for a long time. And he just took me under his wing. And he did this with lots of people. He just was one of those calm, open, wanted to teach everyone what he knew was a very giving person. And his approach to being calm, not overreacting, listening, And then also he was always willing to give me more responsibility than I probably should have had based on my experience level where I was. And those, he wasn't a formal mentor for me, but that 
stuck with me. And after, long after I left the chamber, he we continued to stay in touch. And I would call him and ask him for advice. And it was just his calm approach to thinking through whatever he was facing that I, that sticks with me today. And I think about him today when I face challenges. And then the other, of course, would be Randy Smith. Randy gave me a great opportunity when he and Carolyn asked me to run their business. And I say I was like helping raise one of their children. They had one son, but this is STR was like another child for them. It was actually their first child. And he gave me a lot of runway to execute and make decisions to carry out this vision that he had. And he didn't tell me how to do it. He just had this vision that we would talk about and agree on, and then he would let me go do it. And there were times where I would come back and he was my person that I would have to just talk to and vent to and share whatever I was thinking. And he never would give me a, yeah, you're on the right path or no, you're wrong. Unless I asked for it, of course, if I asked for it. And there was a time where I was making a decision about a partnership that we were considering. And it was a significant capital investment that we would have to make in development. And it was a a few million dollars and significant for us. And I was not sure. I was so afraid that we would fail because it was not a given. And I just I went and sat down and I was talking through it with him. And I'm like, I'm just not really sure that we're going to be successful doing this. And he just looked at me. He said, Amanda, you're not going to kill the business if you fail at this. It's a couple of million dollars. you're not going to sink the business, are you? And I was like, no. And he said, okay, then don't worry about it. Make whatever decision you think is right with the information you have and let's go. And it was just the most freeing piece of advice for me. And early on in my time as president, and it really helped propel me in making sure that I was able to make decisions and execute on where we needed to go for the business. Yeah, he really gave you permission to take risks and to understand we're not doing brain surgery here. Yes. Yes, he is. He was he is the best at that. We have a great business and we need to take risk. And that comes from him starting this business from scratch with his wife when they both quit their jobs. He's always been willing to take risk. And he will say he talks. He always talked about and he was at the edge so many times in the early days when they were just getting off the ground. It was like, are we going to make it or not? That now at this point in the business life, it's a lot easier to make take those risks because you're not going to kill the business. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Randy's wife. He started the business with her. Did that create a different culture at STR than maybe if it had just been Randy and Mark when you came in? I often say that the culture of STR was women were always at the table because Randy and Carolyn were 50-50 partners when they started this business. And a lot of people in in the industry did not know Carolyn and did not know she was part of the business because she was the operations behind the scenes, not out there in the industry. But that certainly, it was never any different culture. It was Randy and Carolyn 50-50 making decisions for the business. Carolyn was in meetings. She wasn't as involved when I started at STR, but she was when I became president. So she was involved at a very high level level in terms of the business and capital investment and where we were going, but not in the day-to-day. She had taken a step back when I started, but obviously when I became president, I got to spend a lot more time with her and all decisions were joint decisions with Randy and Carolyn. And I absolutely, Randy never thought twice about offering the role of president to me because I was a woman. And I credit that to he and Carolyn starting the business together. 
It's a wonderful story and credit to how they ran their business from the early days. One of our favorite questions at DEI Advisors is what advice would you give to your younger self? And we talked a little bit about being vulnerable, and but I really think that particular question speaks to the importance of reflection in one's personal growth. And looking back at your journey, what would you want your 22-year-old self to know? I think for women in particular, I think the answer is always, I wish I had more confidence. But it's really about Confidence in sharing your success and you're talking about my strengths. I still struggle with that today. I don't like to stand on stage and talk about my own success and what I've done. It's a lot easier to talk about the business and not me. But I think it's really important for anyone from the beginning to be able to articulate to your manager, to other leaders, to if you're going on a job interview, what is your story? What do you do really well? What is the value and the strengths that you can bring to a business and a team and not have to feel shy and not able to speak up about that? I think that I wish I had worked on that earlier in my career and really thought about that earlier in in my career. I don't know. I've been successful, so it's worked for me. But I think part of it is because I had leaders who saw my strengths and were able to see how successful I was and what I do well and apply that within the business. And you don't always get that at the end of the day from managers, right? Like we're all people, we're not perfect. And you're not always going to have the best manager that's going to be able to help create this path for you. So you have to take that ownership yourself and be able to articulate it and think about how you can apply your strengths and talk about where your strengths can can help the business or your team or whatever it is that you're working on. So yeah, it is the confidence to speak up and tell your story, I think, ultimately. It's great advice. Actually, you touched on something that is the mission of DEI Advisors, which is empowering personal success and taking it upon yourself to do what you can to prepare yourself as much as you can. And so as we get towards the end of our session, I wanted to ask you what final advice you might want to offer for aspiring women and minority groups to better prepare themselves for career advancement. You've given a lot of really great advice so far, but I was wondering if you had one more piece of advice you would offer. I think building on that personal success and the idea that You have to tell your story and be confident to speak up. You also have to ask. We were just, we're getting ready to do mid-year check-in at STR. And so we were just talking about this development of people and how important this process is. And I would say to anyone, if you're not hearing about the competencies that you need to continue to develop to grow within whatever organization that you're in, you need to ask for that. Because certainly when I look back at my career, I have those managers who would be like, oh, everything's great. And your performance review is everything's great. You did a great job and you're only hearing the good stuff. It's not fun to hear the what you need to work on stuff, but that's where your growth opportunity is. And make people, even managers, are uncomfortable with talking about the things that they know are going to make people uncomfortable. So to make sure... As an individual, when you're thinking about your growth and it's important to you, but you don't have anyone sharing what you need to be working on, go ask. And sometimes maybe it's not a manager. Maybe you don't have the greatest manager. So find someone else in the organization 
a mentor or someone within the organization that could help by those opportunities and really ask them, what do you think I do well? And more importantly, what are the areas that I need to focus on to continue my growth? It's important. It's not just asking for what's my next promotion, but that inwardly, what's my development that I need to be focused on is something that people often get their eye on a on the prize of the next title and they forget about that self-awareness that they need to continue to grow. And I think that making sure you're hearing that from someone and seeking it out is important. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to do that, to ask for the things that you need to do and the things you need to improve on. You're hoping people don't notice the things that you need to improve on. But if you're missing it within yourself, you do need someone you trust to help and share that with you and maybe help help you figure out what to do next, whether it's a coach or maybe you have a great manager. But I love your idea about finding a colleague or someone else in the organization or maybe even a champion within the organization that you feel is rooting for you could Absolutely. also be good. Absolutely. All right. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amanda. It's been wonderful to have you on and to to share your journey. It's such an incredible story that I wanted to make sure that you shared it with our viewers. And if our viewers would like to check out more amazing stories, you can go to our website, which is deiadvisors.org and see more videos. So thank you very much, Amanda. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. This was great. I appreciate it.